Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Letterman Road. This is the Buyers Auto Practice Report. The Buckeyes are a couple days removed from that 22-point win over Rutgers, getting ready uh, for a trip to Maryland, uh, the last place that they played a Big Ten game that was decided by single digits. They'll take on the Terrapins on Saturday afternoon. Spencer Holbrook and I will be hitting the road later this week to head over there uh, for that one. But we've also just now talked with uh, Ryan Day and a handful of Buckeyes about some final evaluations over that win over Rutgers and, and how they're preparing now to maybe play a more complete effort uh, on Saturday against Maryland. And Spencer, I don't, just for me, that felt like a, a very annoyed uh, football team. I don't know if, if that's the right word for it, but you know, they knew that they could have won that game by more on Saturday night, but they're also not really that upset or troubled by it. Yeah. They, they were annoyed with the questions about, trick plays and about what went wrong against Rutgers because they were up by just so much at, at so at different times they were up 35 to 3 42 to 9 you know pick when you want to pick they were up big in that game and to get all those questions now it, it's kind of I guess disingenuous from from people like us uh, to to say it because I don't think they really cared when when the scoreboard says 42 to 9 and there's nobody in the stands and it's 10 30 on the east coast like it, it's just hard to to have that uh GSF that you need to play in the third and fourth quarter, I guess. Yeah. To borrow a, a Schlegelism there. That's, I mean, that's, it's also, I, I think it's not unfair if anyone wants to criticize it and ask about areas that Ohio state can improve. Certainly you and I have done that and we'll continue to do that. Um, I don't think that the, the secondary is a finished product. Uh, I think that uh, maybe that's, maybe that can be corrected with just playing more Josh Proctor uh, maybe that means Ryan Watts after what he did in that second half and showed maybe you can take some value out of that. Uh, you know, Sean Wade talked and he was, you know, he answered the bell as a captain that he's given up a couple touchdowns in the last couple weeks. He is not playing like a first round draft pick right now. And he knows that he didn't shy away from it, but he wasn't uh, sulking about the questions. He was talking about the ways that he knows he can improve. And, you know, he broke down what he was thinking on the throw to that tight end in the Rutgers game that wound up being a touchdown that he can, sometimes he's going for the interception. I think maybe that's some of the NFL creeping into his mind and trying to pad his stats and look really good. And he needs to take a PBU once in a while or change the way he's jumping in to defend a, a route. He broke all that down. He, you know, he didn't say, Hey, stop it. I'm playing great. Like, you know, he knows that he could have done better. And that's the, I think that's where the annoyance comes in for Ohio state. Sean Wade is, is an example of that. He's going to be just fine. Ohio State won easily. They All they want to do is win games. That's what matters to them. And yet, sure, if they're breaking down the snaps, which they are, they can see that they can play better. Yeah, there's kind of, to me, there's kind of like the typical Clemson approach to this Ohio State team this year where Clemson goes through the ACC and just says, as long as we win by one point, we're going to be in the playoff. You, you win, you're in. And so this team just kind of wants to win. And it doesn't really matter how. It doesn't matter what it looks like. You know, Sean Wade even said – I think verbatim, I don't care if I play bad. If we win a natty, that's all that matters. Yeah, that is. So, yeah, so if, if they win, then that's fine. And I think they're, that is part of the annoyance where they know they can get better, but at the same time they're winning. So it, it's kind of a, a weird uh, balance to strike with it, that they're in, the place that they're in right now is kind of awkward. Well, and everything kind of, you know, collided at once. I think if, if the reason that we continue to talk about the secondary is that um, that unit historically plays at such a high level – you know, it, it probably isn't that big of a deal the way they played against Rutgers, but, you know, the second half against Penn State, the second half against Rutgers, and then what looking forward now to this Saturday, 
um, when you're looking for areas where Maryland could potentially exploit Ohio State or that they will try to at least, I mean, you're looking at uh, a younger Tagovailoa, Rakim Jarrett, uh, a passing attack. I think it was around 276 yards per game that Maryland is throwing for right now. Um, and obviously we can debate uh, the merits of some of those first two opponents. And I also remember that they're two weeks removed from scoring three points against Northwestern. But that's how they're going to try to attack Ohio State. Um, and and I think that that's maybe why there's so much attention on, you know, where does Ohio State go? Because you're not going to have Cam Brown. Marcus Hooker's missed some tackles. It's, you know, there are there is some uncertainty in the secondary. Yeah, and, and like you said, Maryland has the younger tongue of Iloa, tag of Iloa, however you say. They have the, the younger Tua. They have Rakeem Jarrett in Little that Tua, system. Tua, as everyone's calling him. Yeah, yeah, they have Rakeem Jarrett in yeah. that system. I mean, like, that that's pretty good. Yeah. And and Mike Loxley seems to have something going, I guess. I know you don't want to give any credit to him, and I don't really care to either, but he seems to have something going in the right direction the last two games. and. Sean Wade, again, he was very honest with us today. It's probably the most honest he's ever been with us. He said, Maryland is legit. They, they pose a threat to this secondary. And I think that's something that, if nothing else about this upcoming week, the secondary and the defensive line have to be on high alert because he can get out of the pocket, he can make plays in the scramble drill, and the wide receivers are playmakers. Yeah, so uh, let's, let's run through some of the other updates. We can get Ryan Day uh, coming off of the game. There's a lot of uh, good information to parse there. Uh, I, I wanted to use my... Uh, opportunity with the questions to to zone in on that the running backs uh, and the situation there with Trey Sermon because man that was the best it, it, it's crazy how that worked out even for these Buckeyes that that was the best that Trey Sermon had looked on that drive in the fourth quarter all season and then it ends with him having to be helped to the sideline and injured um, you know so I, I know that Ryan Day waits until the end of the week to make any decisions but it, it did I did get the impression that if it hadn't been in the end of the game maybe Trey Sermon could have come back in but at a minimum, Ohio State is expecting him to practice this week. Um, generally, that's a good sign that he would be available. And I think that, you know, that still remains really important because that version that they were seeing before he left the game was pretty darn good. That was the one that you and I have talked about for months, how he could help this offense. And, and the flip side is that it, like, they're probably not ready to give Steel Chambers uh, a larger role in this offense after those two fumbles. Yeah, and Trey Sermon looked really good on that drive. It, it was almost like they made it a focal point to get him going on that drive. They wanted to make sure that, that his confidence wasn't shaken, that he wasn't, uh, you know, upset with the way he's been playing. And, and he's got some naysayers now. There are, there are people out there who are questioning his ability. And I think that's going to drive him because he seems like the kind of guy that's really competitive because um, you have to be to play running back at Ohio State. Uh, and, and I think that that you'll see him get going as long as he's healthy, just because he was we're starting to run through some arm tackles that he wasn't running through those first two weeks. He was starting to run with some good pad level, like the things that you can imagine Tony Alford's been saying to him. It looked like it started to come together in that fourth quarter. I can't see him having another another lackluster performance. I just think he's he's bound to break out at some point because he is really talented. Yeah, and I think that you know it's it's a matter of time for him, and it's a matter of comfort. Um, you know, it's easy sometimes to forget that, like, because, you know, I talked about him, you and I both did, about how talented he was, how it seemed like a perfect fit, and that you should ex that to expect that it's going to happen right away. I, I did. I was guilty of that. I did that on bold predictions the last couple of weeks with him scoring touchdowns just because I, I, I can – I feel like it should be there. I feel like it's coming. But when you're a transfer, when you're coming off of an injury a year ago, when these are – you don't have non-conference games to get acclimated to the system – you don't have – he did, was never going to have a spring ball with the Buckeyes. Then he had a weird training camp. Like, 
it helps you, you know, it helps me anyway to put it in context. All right, well, maybe that's why he's not, you know, taking it to a, an elite level early on. The same could be said, you know, for Master T coming off an Achilles injury. This is the first time that he's been the featured back. Like all those things, people were asking Ryan Day about that. Like, do you need more from the rushing attack? Do you need more balance? Well, they're running for over 200 yards a game, uh, and they haven't even really been relying on Justin Fields to supplement that. He's not concerned about the rushing attack. So, uh, you know, I, I think we can see how, again, it's another one of those situations where you could see how it could be better. If Trey Sermon was breaking more tackles, if Master Teague, uh, you know, was maybe a little more quick with some moves or more elusive, there'd be some extra yards. But they're getting basically everything that Ryan Day would want out of it right now, and it could still be better. Yeah, and I think one thing that we continue to overlook is Ohio State uh, jumped out to a lead in that early in that second half against Nebraska, kind of packed it and was really vanilla on offense. Didn't really show a lot in the run game, honestly. You look at the Penn State game, you go up 14 nothing in the first six minutes of the game, and in the run game it was kind of just inside zone and between the tackles. Last week when they needed a play, they went to the outside zone, they got 15 yards out of it. It was with Demario McCall, which was odd, but they, they, went, they went to that for it seemed like what was the first time this year. I still feel like they're just not showing a lot right now. And, and maybe that's just uh, what Verm likes to say, scarlet colored glasses, because this team is so talented. But I just feel like that running game has been really vanilla. And when they expand the playbook when they need to, and maybe they don't need to very often, but when they need to and they can expand that playbook, I feel like the running game has to take off because there's too much talent in the backfield between Justin Fields, Trey Sermon, Master Teague, any of those guys you put in there. There's just too much talent to, to contain them, uh, all of them, every game this year. It is interesting the way, you know, that DeMario McCall was used because he's still most likely going to be based on the perimeter and with those wide receivers. And, you know, if we're going to see more of the jet sweeps and ghost motion, he's an interesting guy to get to the edge. Um, you know, he's got to hang on to the football and he's going to have to stay healthy and, um, you know, fully committed to practice habits on a day in and day out basis. Um, but you also, you know, if I've been critical of him in the past, for those reasons that I just named, it's also hard to argue with, you know, a 12 yard rush around the left side. Uh, it, it was like, you know, turning a catch and run 27 yard reception on the next play. Uh, you don't ever turn your back on 39 yards on two touches. So um, he, he's an interesting dynamic. And if nothing else that's on film and you just put him on the field, maybe that opens up something else for whether that's a back in the backfield or, you know, Garrett Wilson or Chris Olave, not that they need a ton of help getting open as it is, but, uh, it's another interesting wrinkle, and the point is that it's another way that Ohio State can continue to incorporate more personnel because they can do almost whatever they want on offense, and and they have. They still scored 49 points on Saturday night without really breaking a sweat. Yeah, and, and you haven't really seen anything other than the, the toe-tap touchdown from Jackson Smith and Jigba. You know he's coming. You haven't seen anything really from Julian Fleming other than one catch and one stone hand drop. Uh, you haven't really – yeah, that, it was it was tough. I watched it a couple times on replay. I think he would have scored. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. He, he would have scored. But you haven't really seen a lot from these other wide receivers. And the more you put on film, the more you make people worry about, the more you make defenses worry about Trey Sermon, Master Teague, Justin Fields in the run game, Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, if you can find a place for Demario McCall and his speed on the field, all of those other options open up. And, and now you're seeing the Ohio State turn to Jeremy Ruckert. Well, that opens up something else because now you have to respect what Jeremy Ruckert's done, three touchdowns in the last two games. Everything else opens up. And so one thing builds off of another. Like you said, wrinkles build off of the other wrinkles. And, and this offense, I think, is going to be more exciting in the next 
three, four weeks than it was in the first three. Anything else that uh, it tickled your fancy from that couple hours talking with the Buckeyes this afternoon? No, I think usually like Maryland Rutgers last week, Rutgers, they were definitely giving away some stuff that they probably wouldn't normally. I, I don't think I saw that from, from this week against Maryland. I think they know that Maryland looks improved. I think they know that, that Maryland is uh, coming in pretty hungry um, and, and it's a road game. So I, I just think that, that they're taking this game uh, much more seriously than a typical Ohio state team might take a typical Maryland team. Yeah. And after last week for me, uh, I'm going to do the same thing for Maryland and I'm not going to, Point out again the three points against Northwestern or a missed extra point against Minnesota uh, or the fact that Penn State appears to have completely checked out on this season already. None of that matters. <laughs> it's an improved Maryland team that can throw the football, uh, and that's what's got Ohio State's attention, and that, that's what has mine. Uh, I'll talk about that all week, and I'll remember it for Friday's bold predictions and Saturday's score prediction. This, though, has been the Buyers Auto Practice Report. Uh, Spencer and I, of course, wishing nothing but the best for the Birmingham family. Berm will be back soon. Uh, don't worry, but uh, put his family in your thoughts and prayers if you wish. I know that he would certainly appreciate it. We miss him. He'll be back soon uh, to join us on the Buyer's Auto Practice Report. Uh, Spencer Holbrook, Austin Ward. Uh, stay tuned for a lot more coverage of Ohio State at LettermanRoad.com.